Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, oh I'm going to cough, <clears throat> excuse me. Today's episode is with actor Joey Phillips. And, oh, it's wonderful, wonderful. It, it curves away from music chats. We, we we talk about the Lake District and we talk a little bit about wild swimming. And uh, he's an absolutely delightful human and uh, and you're going to love him. Um, and we obviously talk about his acting career and, uh, and some of the amazing things that he's done and he's currently doing. You know how this podcast works. It's all the good stuff and uh, all peppered with amazing records, which you get plenty of today. Before we uh, get rolling on Joey's chat, some thank yous. Um, big thanks to uh, the team at the Blue Murder Club podcast who produced this. Go check their podcast out. It's an amazing true crime podcast. And, uh, and the team there um, polish this podcast and make it sound super nice for your ears. A big thank you to Scroobius Pip and everyone at the Distraction Pieces Network, home of so many amazing podcasts. I feel very privileged to uh, to be part of that gang. So go check it out. And, uh, and yeah, there's some amazing natters available over there from Mr. Scroobius Pip himself, the podfather. Go check out the amazing um, film through Buried with, with Brett Goldstein. Um, I mean, I don't know how Brett's got time to do a podcast now. What with, you know, winning Emmys and uh, and just being an absolute superstar and getting a hangout on Sesame Street. But um, but he still manages to put out uh, an incredible podcast. So go check out Films to be Buried With. Um, and there's so many other amazing pods over on the Distraction Pieces Network. Big love and thanks to the listeners. You lot, that is. Um, thank you massively. Um, we're fast approaching 500 episodes and... Yeah, I've been putting out two a week for a long time now, and uh, and the numbers and the listeners keep growing and growing and growing. So, um, huge thanks for all of your support, you smashing people. If you would like to support the podcast and get even more good stuff, then let me tell you what you can do. You can support us on Patreon. So, Patreon's like a little, it's like another little sort of social media feed, really. And uh, but basically, you just. You head over to patreon.com forward slash off the beat and track and uh, and it's going to cost you a dollar a month. So it's about 75p a month and each week you will get uh, to watch all the episodes. I put all the videos up over there so you can, if you like to watch your podcast, you can do that. Um, you get access to hundreds and hundreds of never released shows and radio shows and playlists. So uh, you can go and get stuck into all of that. Um, and also you get invited to me monthly live show, which is honestly, it's so good. And it's not because of me, obviously it's because the people that turn up are all 
really kind people that well, what we do is we we pick a, a question from the podcast or we 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 I mean the last one we done we was like what was your first concert and what's been your favorite concert and we just chat for an hour on Zoom uh, some people don't even have their cameras on or or their mics on they just come and and listen in or watch in um but a load of um the patrons also like to get involved and we have a lovely chat and it's not a a too cool for school thing it's not a judgy thing we talk about some absolutely ridiculously embarrassing records but it's just a really nice gang of people and I'd love you to to come along and uh, and get involved um and so yeah you can find out about that and everything else to do with this podcast um on the website which is off the beat and track podcast.com and that's beat and it's not beaten off the beat and track podcast.com and uh, and the links are all in the show notes from wherever you get your podcast so just click them and head over to patreon just have a little look um i mean just sign up for a month and then cancel it at the end of the month but in that month just literally smash the back catalog and uh but you won't you'll stick about because it's good trust me right i think i've done uh all the the, the hard sells we can get onto the great stuff now um please enjoy today's episode of off the beat and track podcast with the delightful joey phillips it's off the beat and track podcast on the distraction pieces network with me stew with him how are you mate i'm very well thank you mate how are you doing yeah not too bad not too bad where are you today uh just in my flat mate just uh just chilling out in dartford 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 i know i know essentially ken um uh- yeah. I mean, you're literally a stone's throw from me, mate. Like, oh, really? Where are you? <laughs> I'm Farrock. So I'm just, just, oh, no way. <laughs> just hey. over the bridge, mate. <laughs> oh, so nice. I'll meet you at the, uh, the retail park, Let's mate. do it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, look, let's just kick things straight off and uh, and get your playlist started, and then we can have a, a right old natter as, uh, as, as the pod unfolds. Nice. Tell me the song that you think has the greatest ever intro, please? So I've picked this for a couple of reasons. I've gone with Guns N' Roses' Sweet Child of Mine. Mm -hmm. Just because, I mean, I think the guitar riff is so iconic. As soon as that comes in, everyone knows it. And everyone, I feel like no matter where you are, if you're like at a party or on a road trip or something, and that comes on, you just kind of get possessed by like the spirit of a rock god and everyone just seems they can belt it out of the top of their lungs you know what i mean i think even if that's not your like go-to genre of music like i wouldn't necessarily say like rock is my my big thing but i think no matter who you are i think you just can't kind of escape the power of that yeah that song and especially the intro the way it builds and the drums come in and and it's almost like a minute long which i feel like you don't really get with sort of modern songs um i think it's it's just yeah it just it just like really amps you up and just feels like you're on stage somewhere um and i love it um but yeah the other reason is because so my dad has uh three different ringtones one for me one for my mom one for my sister and uh sweet child of mine is his ringtone for my sister so anytime i hear that now i just think of like my family um what's your ringtone so my ringtone is um beautiful boy uh john lennon oh mate what a dad, yeah. that's lovely. I know, I know, so <laughs> sweet. And like John Lennon wrote about his son and stuff, so it's very, very sweet. Um, and the one for my mum is also very sweet. It's um a bit of a rogue choice. It's uh it's a scouting for girls song called Millionaire. I know. But it's like the, the lyrics sort of say like um 
what is it like we we could be broke and i couldn't care because i've got everything with you standing right there like when i laid eyes on you i was like the richest man in the world basically oh um, mate how romantic is your old man <laughs> i know i know he has his moments he does have his moments <laughs> oh i love that do you know what joe normally when I speak to musicians, uh, like, I'm always intrigued as to, and, and I talk about what you just touched on there, where, you know, the, the, the kind of the intro is becoming something that's getting lost now, because yeah. everything is so fast moving with TikTok and, and, and Spotify yeah. and things like that, getting on these playlists, so all these songs are these sort of, almost sort of scientifically put together little sort of TikTok friendly earworms. Yeah. exactly, yeah. And, and And I guess that's to be heard, and so I'm going to kind of move it into your domain a little bit and 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 tell me like is there because i i've interviewed many actors on here and i've never really asked this question to any of them so i'm gonna i'll, I'll start with you and when, when you sort of go for a casting or, mm. or an audition and and you walk in the room is there anything that you can do before you even do anything that you think can give you a kind of you know, is there anything in the way that you carry yourself when you walk in the room? Is there a confidence to it? You know, is do you have to be mindful how you play it? Like, I, 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 th I think you do, and I think I think it is a little bit sort of fake it till you make it as well because I think, you know, I think everyone experiences nerves at some level, and I think always when you're going in for a meeting, there is that sense of of nervousness and and them there's sort of a, there's a slight sort of barrier between you and, and and the casting and whoever and you don't and it depends I guess you know obviously if you're where you are in your career I mean I think if you put too much pressure on something and you're desperate to get a job or it's something that you really want you can almost do too much work on it and 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 the nerves take over a little bit and I think in the room there there becomes a sense of sort of desperation and which which i think unnerves the the casting director and stuff i think the difference when you're auditioning for a play often you get to have a sort of chat with with the team whoever you're you're meeting and that's quite nice just to sort of calm whatever sort of anxieties or, or adrenaline that you have um whereas with screen it's a little bit more kind of getting straight into it so i think you just have to find a way of being able to just keep a lid on those nerves a little bit and and try and show that you're that you're confident and at ease i think because then that puts the panel at, at ease as well and it's just uh, creates a easier sort of environment i think i'm i'm always intrigued as well uh when i speak to actors that that find themselves amongst you know huge casts and that and mm. and, and i've had this conversation with multiple sort of musicians as well what's your relationship with imposter syndrome oh mate i mean i was i was literally just talking about this the other day i think i definitely have it i feel like most actors do have it some some are better at covering it than others but i was just speaking to my mate about this the other day i think it's very easy to fall into the trap of imposter syndrome and especially with acting you know it's so up and down you might have stretches of months and months out of work and then you feel like you're going into something you have to kind of prove yourself each and every time but I've said like what I'm trying to do now is change my way of thinking rather than having like an imposter syndrome like oh I shouldn't be here I don't know what I'm doing like I'm like shit do you know what I mean I think I think that's very easy to fall into and I definitely do but I think take it as a chance to be like well if I'm feeling like that that's because 
I'm surrounded by amazing people. Like the crew are so talented at the top of their game. The actors are amazing. So you can only use that as a positive thing. And I'm, I, I can now learn from all these people. And it's like, it very much is a craft and you're always picking up little, little tidbits from, from like a DOP or, or an actor or anything like that. And I think it's just a, it's a great way to, to see it as a learning experience rather than turning it in on yourself. Like I shouldn't be here. Yeah. I think, you know, you've got the part that someone's seen something in you, which is, which means that you should be there. And I think it's just a great opportunity to, to work and grow as an actor and work as an ensemble with, with everyone that you're working yeah. with. Absolutely. And I think like, if you sort of, you know, walk onto a stage or walk onto a set with zero imposter syndrome or, you know, nerves mm-hmm. or anxiety, that would be quite mad, wouldn't it? That I think so. I think there definitely are actors out there that, that are mad and, yeah. and kind of do have that confidence, which could be a good thing or a bad thing. But I think nerves i think there always has to be an element of nerves and anticipation and Absolutely. electricity that's what keeps things alive and yeah. what's keep you in the moment i think the minute it becomes dead and you think oh this is easy whatever i'm just going to get through the show everything's lost yeah. and so i think it's it's definitely a good thing to have that absolutely i'm going to take you back for uh, question number two i'm going to ask you to tell me the first song you remember hearing please that had an emotional impact on you yeah, so it was um, somewhere over the rainbow, but the Eva Cassidy version. Um, we used That'd it. That'd do it, for... wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> come on. I mean, even if I didn't even have any emotional attachment to the song, just it's just as soon yeah. as that starts, you're gone. And I just I love Eva Cassidy's voice. I think in the same way that Judy Garland's does, it has like such a raw emotion in it and and it, and it tells such a story it's they're not just sort of singing the song they they they're like embodying and becoming more than the song um but but we used it for my my nan's funeral um she died quite young she was about 62 um and i was 10 and we were extremely close to her she lived around the corner from us and just the most wonderful amazing woman in the world and so it really hit us hard when we lost her and and especially my mom it was my mom's mom um and for a long long time my mom could never hear that song again without bursting into tears and 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 same for a lot of us but I think we've got to a place now where it's it's a really lovely thing to hear that song it's not so raw anymore and the emotion now has become a nostalgia and remembering it's it's a chance to remember my nan and remember all the the amazing things about her and and it always seems to find a way into our lives. Like it'll just randomly come on. And we were in Anglesey. I was with Ang- in Anglesey with my uh, family recently. And me and my mom went into this random little shop, like, I don't know, like a little souvenir kind of shop. No one was in there. It was deadly silent. Just like one woman sort of flicking through a magazine. And uh, she just popped on some music. And of course it was uh, Eva Cassidy somewhere over the rainbow. So it's just nice little things like I sort of see of signs from my nan. Yeah. Um, also that song in general, I think means a lot to me because Wizard of Oz is the first sort of film I remember watching. I must've been like three years old and um, and I thought it was gonna be boring. It was black and white, I didn't wanna watch it. And then the minute it turned to color, like my mind was blown. Yeah. Um, and then that was the first part I ever did actually. I, I played Mayor of the Munchkin City when I was about five um, at our local dance school. Uh, so yeah, I think that song holds a lot of um, importance to me, yeah. It's a it's a beautiful, beautiful record. And I think, the, do you know the sort of story behind the Eva Cassidy version? 
Um, I'm not. I'm, I'm not sure if I do because it it kind of was a, a happy accident. So unfortunately, she passed before. Yes. Like, she had any success as such. Which like, is crazy. I know. Yeah. yeah. And, and somebody found that that footage of her singing somewhere over the rainbow in, in oh, the bar. Oh, it was like a live, was it like a live yeah. recording? Yeah, in like a, like a yeah, coffee a shop. Or something. Yeah. Yes. And, and it was, I think Steve Wright played it on like one of the sort of top of the pops two retro shows. Mm. And as his player, and no one had ever sort of seen it. And I think the response to it was just like phenomenal. It was like, what the fuck is this version? It's incredible. Because it's so understated and gentle. And then that last bit where she just soars, it's like literally got goosebumps just popped up on my arms. It's like it's it's so powerful. And and yeah, and it's it's such a shame that the the Songbird album went on to sell millions and 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 she never got to to you know, get the merits of her success, which is uh, which is such a shame. But yeah, it's 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 such a, a beautiful record, and you're the first person that's in 500 episodes of this has ever chose that, and I, I can't believe no one's ever chose that before because it is. Uh, oh, I was sure that was going to be like such a popular yeah, one. It's, it's such a beauty. Um, so where where was growing up for you? Was growing up in Dartford? No, no, no. I'm I'm from the north, so a little town called Lytham, um, near Blackpool on the northwest coast. Uh, so yeah, I grew up. My parents are um, sort of lived there all their lives, and my sister now has a house around the corner from them. They're very much all still there, and I try and go back as much as possible. I'm I, I like I love home, and I love the north, and I just love like being outdoors because we're quite we're not too far from the Lake District. Um, and we growing up, we spent so much time there as kids with the dogs and like with friends and family, just running around the hills and in like jumping into freezing cold lakes and and all of that stuff. We've always been very kind of connected to nature and stuff like that. And and living in Lytham as well, it's a, it's like got such a great community. Everyone kind of knows everyone. Um, it's a very beautiful little town. Um, it's by the sea, like the village green. We've got a windmill, all that sort of thing. So. I love, yeah, any chance I can, I, I, I try and go home, yeah. Oh, so you've clearly got super sort of fond memories of growing up there then. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. I mean, I like, I feel like maybe at some point in my life, I can definitely see myself like moving back there. Yeah. Um, I think everywhere I go in Lytham, there's some place that I have a story or a connection to, like my, my nan's house, our house, my primary school, high school, the first little theatre school that I joined, Lowther Gardens, is a little theatre in in Lytham. Just everywhere has such special memories that I, yeah, I, I can I can definitely see myself coming back there one day. Yeah, it's uh, it's so strange. I've like I, I turned fifty a few weekends ago, and and it got to the point now where. You know, as soon as you were saying jumping in freezing lakes, and and I, I bought myself a camper van for my fiftieth because uh, I've spent so long driving to the lakes and swimming yeah. in the lakes, and yeah. it's like I just am edging closer and closer to retire and to get up there oh. because it's the most beautiful place. It's it's, uh, uh, you know, I say it to so many people. If uh, you know, if we could guarantee you know, regular sunshine. You'd never leave the UK. It's so beautiful. There's so, so many beautiful. stunning places. Yeah, honestly. Like, like I said, we, I was just in Anglesey with my family and it was the scenery was unreal. And like for, 
filming Outlander in Scotland, the locations just like that's rugged Scottish coastlines and 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 locks and everything. It's just so stunning, and I absolutely love Ireland and the Lake District. Like yeah, like you said, there's so much to explore in the UK and so many gems. My parents love going to Northumberland as well. I've I've actually never been, but again, just the coastlines are just stunning. Yeah. So yeah, I, I want to do as much of the UK as possible. Me and my mate actually did a couple of years ago, we did um uh the the Dales Way. We did a sort of five day hike um with everything on our backs and I was like very unprepared <laughs> he had all this lightweight stuff he was like good to go he'd measured out his porridge oats like to the last ground <laughs> I turn up I've got a three-man tent in my backpack I've got like five pots, pot noodles <laughs> yeah exactly in it yeah I was like yeah <laughs> and he was like mate what the hell are you doing anyway we got through it I lost three toenails but it was amazing I, I loved it <laughs> wonderful well you, you when you were sort of reminiscing or about your hometown, you mentioned school and stuff. So let, let's move on to track three. And, and I'm going to ask you to tell me the song that reminds you of your time at school, please, Joey. Yeah, so this was a tough one. because I was like, I'm not sure like what sort of era of school I was going to go for. But the one that I just keep coming back to and still play now is um, Play Your Part, uh, part one, Feed the Animals, the album Feed the Animals by Girl Talk. Yeah, It's just such, it, that just has such amazing memories for me that was sort of like sixth form time like where we should have been revising but we were just in my mate nick's garden drinking and in a paddling pool and just like living our best lives like at that age you kind of don't have any real problems and it's just you're just hanging out with your mates and seeing your mates every day um and i love like hip-hop and rap and all of that and i just think he's a genius skill talk i think the way that he mixes different genres and and the whole album is just a has such a through line it just is a can you can just play it continually um and so yeah that's that's the song that really takes me back to school did you enjoy school i did i did really i I loved school i um it's weird i kind of ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. 
I've had like two separate lives. Like my like acting was very much outside of school. I never like acted at school. I did I did drama and I had two amazing drama teachers at, at um at high school. But um yeah, I t I tended to keep it separate. So um school for me was more about the sort of social aspect and like going out and just being with your mates and stuff like that. And I was quite lucky in the fact that I've got quite a good memory. So I always did all right in my exams, even though I didn't really work as hard as I should have done, which yeah. like infuriated my sister. <laughs> she worked so hard. And I was like, I sort of was just having a laugh really at school. Um, but yeah, I uh, acting, I sort of kept that very sort of separate from school. Yeah. Was there any sort of ever a question as to what you wanted to do when you left school or was acting you know, always sort of paramount into, you know, into your plans? Yeah, um, not not really for me. I mean, I've I've wanted to be an actor since I was like four years old, um, which is quite strange, I think, for, because like my family had nothing to do with the industry at all. Kind of came out of nowhere. I just started because my sister did it for fun. I wanted to do everything she did. And then I just was obsessed with it. And I think my parents very much saw it as like something that I loved and something that I was good at, but I always had to stay at school and do my exams and things. So I, I worked as a kid. Um, I worked as an actor as a kid, um, which again, I think my parents found quite baffling and were just sort of like, yeah, okay. And I got like an agent and stuff, which they didn't really understand. And I didn't really understand, but um, yeah, it's definitely something I've always wanted to do. And my first professional job, I was 13. I did Billy Elliot, the musical, um, and that I think that was the real turning point for for me and for my parents to be like, oh wait, this could actually be a career, yeah. rather than just something that I like love doing. You could actually this could take you further um, as a career. So that's when I started to take it a little bit more seriously. Yeah, it's the the reason I set this podcast up many years ago was 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 talking about people's journeys and and location, and and the kind of idea for it come from a, a friend of mine who lives over near me. Um, who's an actor and, and a musician and he he was always asked like you know oh do you you, you you in London he's like no 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 no, I'm in Essex oh mm. really why have you why have you not moved to London he's like well quite like Essex and it's not far yeah. from London um did it feel for you to pursue you know your career more seriously that you had to leave the north and relocate yeah I mean Obviously for Billy, I, I had to move and I was that was such a young age. I was 13 and we all moved into this big house together and we had a house mother and we were just these like random northern kids that had never done anything before in their lives. And we were just like absolute tearaways. Like it got to the point when like every teacher in London refused to teach us because we were just like <laughs> out of control, unruly, but having the time of our lives. And I think that's when I really saw London as like the kind of hub of everything, theatre and all of that. But then when I went home after that, I, I was lucky to, I did a lot of work in the North, like the the TV things that I did, like a Jimmy McGovern series called Accused mm -hmm. was incredible because it's like I got to work with amazing actors with, and, and in the North. And I think there's so much talent in the North that that was lucky. I, was, I wasn't too sort of disturbed uh, in my sort of school years. But then what finishing school I knew that I wanted to go to drama school and I knew that to go to drama school like the best ones that I'd sort of been researching at the time were in London and I think for me I was like yeah I've got to I've got to go to drama school in London so then I went to drama school and then 
that sort of became my new network that was all my friends and we were all kind of trying to make it together after leaving drama school and doing shitty little jobs and stuff like that living in absolute shitholes like but like having a great time and I think I ended up just staying in London because it was I guess more easier for auditions and things before covid you would go in a lot more whereas now I think you could be based anywhere. A lot yeah. of things are over Zoom or you do a self-tape and stuff like that. I, I, and a lot of my friends are moving out of London and some of them are moving to the Lake District or the Peak District or a lot of them have moved to Glasgow and stuff yeah. like that. Um, so I definitely think now London isn't so much, it doesn't have so much importance on on your career. I guess for drama school, if you want to go to drama school, there are brilliant drama schools everywhere, but um, there's the... I think the, there's really good ones in London. So I guess it's it's just a personal thing now yeah. where you where you want to be based. And I think your priorities change as you get older as well. Don't have to always be in London all the time. And it's nice to get out of London. Like I love London, but like I said, like I'm very much like a country boy. Or I need to be like near yeah. water. So yeah, I think for now I'm going to stay um, around London just because it's where my friends are and where my like network is. But um. Yeah, I can see myself moving back up north, I think. Jumping in the Thames ain't quite the same as Windermere, is it? Not quite. Not quite. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, I wouldn't want to risk it. I mean, you, you talk about sort of, you know, relocating at 13 to, you know, live in a house with other uh, youngsters and such. Um, I mean, as much as that's, you know, sounds super fun, that's also a big, move at such a young age was you a was you a confident young man yeah I yeah I, I think I was I think I've actually I think I'm less confident now that I'm older I think the world's kind of <laughs> knocked that out of me a little bit but I think I was I think I think I just saw it as like an adventure and it was just fun and I think we were so busy as as kids we were uh, in in Billy we like each morning we would have school for half the day then we would go and do like a dance class like a street dance class or something like that then we might have to do extra rehearsals and then if you weren't on that night you would be in the dressing room anyway just in case something happens mm -hmm. to one of the other boys um so we were so busy I, I kind of didn't have time to to think of how huge it was and and to to miss home o obviously we all did but I think yeah I think I'm more kind of sentimental now than I was as a as a kid yeah yeah Tell me the first song you remember buying. The first song I remember buying it was actually it was actually an album. It was um, International Super Hits Green Day, and I remember really clearly buying it with my own money. It was my birthday money, and I went to HMV to buy it. Yeah. Um, and the song in particular I would pick is Basket Case because that's the one that I would just play over and over again. Yeah. Um, and that was very much like at that time. I think I must have been about nine. Um, and me and my mates were kind of in our sort of skating phase and we'd all have like the baggy jeans and the big vans and the chains and we'd go to a little it was like a, a ramp park skate park called ramp city and my dad would build little ramps for me in the back street and I'd skate and, and blade and stuff like that so that was yeah that I, I really remember that that stage of my life and, and green day kind of being the soundtrack to to yeah. that part of my life yeah oh it's an absolute absolute banger of a record <laughs> yeah um, I asked you about confidence uh, a, a moment ago, and one of the other things that you you can be super confident in in the creative industry, um, 
but I think another really important factor is is you know it comes with so many so many knocks you know in, in any creative field tell me about your relationship with drive and how driven you are yeah um yeah I think that confidence as well is almost sort of like a fearlessness I think I definitely had a fearlessness as a child and also there was no pressure on me to to get a job like you know my parents were never pushy they never wanted to push me into any kind of career so for for me I kind of just did it because I loved it and I thought I was quite good at it um but I always knew I I definitely had drive from being a very very young age I like acting and performing was always at the forefront of my mind and I would go to a class on a Thursday and and all day on a Saturday and I do other little workshops and things and my dad is amazing at accents for some reason he's absolutely not an actor although I think he probably fancies himself as one but um he so I would always mess around with accents with him and 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 watch films and and just take in as much as I could and I think I've always had a strong work ethic for acting and I've always taken it very seriously and I remember as I got older seeing older actors maybe kind of complain about things and being in the green room and slagging off this and that and oh we've got to work 12 hours today and I remember just being so confused being like but what do you mean it's like it's the best I'm like I'm hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. So happy to be here 12 hours a day. And I mean, of course, I don't feel like that all the time now. Like, it, it, some days very much are work and it is hard work and it is long hours um but i think i've always been very determined um yeah from being a young age and i kind of it wasn't it wasn't it definitely wasn't a cockiness but i kind of just knew that i was going to go to drama school and i was going to get in and that was going to be a stepping stone and i think that's after leaving drama school that's when i was like shaken a little bit because you start to see more of that rejection and more of the the hardships that come with acting and the the competition and the yeah just like being beaten down and and trying to carry on but even when I've been at my lowest I've never it's never crossed my mind to give up yeah um yeah and I would do any I would do anything to pay my rent I've done all the shittest jobs you can imagine like and I've worked in gyms and bars and like I worked for a baby wear company I did kids parties which was like truly the lowest point of my life I can't (laughs) even tell you um but like throughout it all I just I've always had the goal and I knew I knew that if 
and I, I well I still hope now that if you just stick it out hopefully yeah. you know you'll be all right yeah it's so weird you done something so English uh a, a moment ago you went and I thought I was quite good at it <laughs> didn't just go and I you know I knew I was good at it and like no. because why why is it as as you know as 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 English people we always kind of dumb it down and, and kind yeah. of sort of like take a bit away from it like well you know I can't I can't say I'm good at something we're not yeah. allowed to do that and it's ridiculous oh isn't it yeah, it's ridiculous. you should be super proud of what you've done you should be able to go yeah well I was good at it so that's why I thought I would do it no I was yeah, I was quite good at it yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> I just can't the thought of that like, it's, it's crazy though <laughs> Oh, wonderful. Well, look, let's go clubbing. And uh, and for track five, I'm going to ask you to tell me the song that soundtracked your years clubbing, Joey. Yes. So I started clubbing probably younger than I should. Um, I was, I think I literally just turned 16 the first time I went out. And I just like loved it. I went so much with my friends. We'd go like every Thursday and Saturday. And that carried on like all the way through my 20s and stuff. And now like, I think... I think my clubbing days are kind of behind me now, but um, I don't know. We'll see. Never say never. But um, the uh, the song that just really defines like my clubbing days to me is um, "Low Flow Rider" featuring T Pain. Yeah, I think it is just so iconic, and I just I just revert back to being a seventeen year old like throwing myself around, like sweating on a light up sticky dance floor in Blackpool. Yeah. I just think, yeah, and like I could be at a party or anywhere now, and that comes on, and then that's it. I'm I'm straight <laughs> on the dance floor. <laughs> you, you said you was going clubbing, you know, at, at sixteen, doing what you was doing at, at sort of thirteen. Did you feel that you grew up quite quickly then? Yeah, I think so. I think um, I think the adults kind of treated us as adults as well um, in Billy, and I think. But which was which was good in a way because there was a like a mutual respect. They they never like talked down to us or anything. And I think living away from your parents and and doing like a job every single day at such a young age, I think does make you grow up quite a lot. And I think just us as kids, I remember just feeling like I was so much older than I was. Like at fourteen. You know, if I if I look at fourteen year olds now, I'm like, you're a little, you're a child, you're a child. Like you can't be doing stuff like that. And if I think about the stuff that I was getting up to when I was younger, I'm just like, no, 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 you were such a little kid. Like yeah. you had no idea what you were doing. But I so remember feeling like very adult and very in yeah. control of 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 myself. Yeah. But I think the real time I actually grew up was definitely drama school. That's yeah. when I really like pulled myself together and and. Um, you know, learned to take care of myself and, and to take things properly. Like, don't get me wrong, I still had fun and went out and stuff like all the time at drama school. But that was the real turning point for me where I where I feel like I, I grew into myself and, and grew up. Yeah. Take you home now for track six. Yeah. Favourite song from an artist from your home county, please. So this one is um, We All Lose by a group called Monroe. And they're a trio of girls, Becky... Jodie and Stacy and um, Becky is a very special person to me. She's um, one of my best friends. We met when I was 10 and we acted together and everything. And we've kind of been through 
everything two people go through together and we were like sort of each other's first loves and all of that and she's very much a part of my family she's been there for every every good thing that's ever happened every bad thing that's ever happened Becky's always there and um, she's an amazing actor and then she's just decided to in the past few years she's made this group Monroe with her two friends and they're all so talented and to be able to watch their journey as a group and they've grown so much as vocalists and they're writing now they've co-written this and and producing and they just work so hard and I think you know this song in particular this is their first single and I've been able to witness it from its sort of infancy from like little voice notes that Becky would send me or clips of um uh, you know sessions that they were doing and 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 bits of lyrics and all stuff like that to see all their hard work now come into a single is amazing and I think it's it's so important to support your your friend's work and and also to to champion like northern talent they're all northern girls and there's so much talent up north and I think it's so difficult now for to bring a single out there's so much like I, I can't remember the stat but however many new songs get put on Spotify every it's day ridiculous it's, it's ridiculous and like you were saying it's like a TikTok earworm thing and if it's not that then it sort of gets forgotten mm. it's such a shame because when you see how much work goes into something like you, you, you really want to see it flourish and, and get the recognition that it deserves. Um, so yeah, I picked this one because it, obviously the, the group and, and especially Becky mean a lot to me and they're from my home county. And um, yeah, it's just nice to, to see talent from the North. Wonderful. What a perfect choice. Championing your friends. Love it. So this is, this is your last track. And uh, and and you get to be a tastemaker uh, mm-hmm. or influencer, I think the kids call it. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, and this is a song that you think many people may not know, Joey, that you would like them to hear, please. Yeah. So I've picked um, the Lobster, which is by a group called the Gloaming, and it's their third album, The Gloaming Three. And they're a sort of Irish American kind of super group, um, and they're. I just think that the music is absolutely beautiful. It's um, it feels quite sort of magical, and it's and it's um, it's very haunting, and it's it's like like with a lot with like traditional sort of Irish music. I mean, I love I love Irish music, and I love Irish people and and Ireland, but I think especially the music, it just has a way of just taking over your whole body and transforming you to Ireland. You can fully see their history and feel the the sort of pain and and the 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 glory in in all of it and i think especially with this song it starts so beautifully and 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 gently and like the fiddle is just so pure and then it really takes you on a journey right towards the end it becomes sort of wild and it it really reminds me of the scene in titanic when like jack and rose are hot, like holding hands and they're spinning around yeah. and everyone's around them and the world's just kind of wildly flying around them and and it's like just on the edge of being out of control and that's what this song feels at the end but it feels so charged and I just feel like you go on a real journey throughout that song and it's a song that I always come back to no matter kind of what mood I'm in I feel like it's a good resetter yeah. to it's like a palate cleanser from the world you know that sort of yeah. song and I think they're they're all their albums I'd, I'd love people to explore their music because yeah it's just it's so special yeah and so is it made up of, of of irish and american artists yes yeah and i think they're all sort of you know artists in their own right um super super talented and they've all come together i think 
can't remember what year they formed, but yeah, they've they've I, they've come together and uh, and they sing, you know, in in Irish and and English and Gaelic and all of that sort of stuff. And yeah, there's like fiddles and all Irish instruments and stuff. So yeah, they're really they're really an incredible group. I'd, I'd love to see them live. I've never seen them live, but I think that would be a real experience. Well, we make it very easy for the listeners of the podcast to to go and check that out because. We put together a Spotify playlist to accompany uh, this episode with all of the tracks that you've you, you've picked on there. So, uh, oh, so people can go and uh, and check them out and check out Monroe as well. And uh, and and let's get back to you, uh, Joey. What's what's happening with you? Tell us about where you're at at the moment. What's happening? Yeah, so we've just a couple of months ago we wrapped on season seven of Outlander, um, and now sort of begins the sort of press part of it um it's being released on the 16th of june that is they're splitting it into two parts because this is like a super sized season it's 16 episodes so the first eight episodes will come out on june 16th and then the next day come out next month um but in a couple of weeks we are going to new york for we're having the premiere of season seven at the tribeca film festival um so i'm so excited for that i just love new york it's one of my favorite places yeah. in the world um, and so to be able to go there with work and and celebrate this thing that we've everyone's worked so hard on it's you know it's sort of a year's filming um and I just I'm so proud of everyone and I think like the crew and the cast have been so amazingly welcoming to me this is this is my first season um and it's slightly daunting you know joining such a, a already well-established huge show not sort of knowing what to expect where you'll kind of fit in but from like the moment I stepped on set I felt such a part of it and um it's it's going to be amazing now to see to see all of that come together and the response on like social media from all the fans has been amazing so I'm so excited to see their reactions to to like my character and the storyline and and it's a huge huge season it's like it's very very epic um we've seen a We've seen a bit, uh, they showed us a sort of like three minute highlight reel of it um, at the rap party um, and also at Christmas. And like, I literally just had goosebumps. It looks like a amazing. blockbuster, like, yeah, it looks amazing. So I'm, yeah, I'm just excited for, for everyone to to see that and uh, and to see how it's, how it's received, yeah. Wonderful. And if people want to keep up to speed with every sort of project that you, you find yourself involved in, Joey, where's the best place to do that? Um, I guess probably just like my Instagram um, and my Twitter. I'm going to start putting things out on there now, um, which is just uh, Joey Phil, P-H-I-L-L underscore. And then I think my Twitter is at Joey Phillips. Um, I'm terrible at Twitter. <laughs> I need to get better. I promise I'll get better in time. Um, but yeah, that's that's uh, that's kind of probably the best ways to to keep up with things. I think. Wonderful. Well, if it's cool with you, then we'll tag you on that um, yeah, when this episode comes out. So if people haven't found you already, they can do so. Joey, it's been an absolute delight talking records oh, with you, mate. It's been so honestly, much fun. Thank you. Thank you. No, thank you so much. I've had so much fun. It's been it's been great. Thank you, mate. Oh, wonderful. I'm going to press stop. Don't go anywhere. All right. Oh, Joey Phillips, what an absolutely lovely man. Um, love that chat. Um, super kind guy. Um, chose some cracking records and I managed to get a little bit of uh, wild swimming chat in as well. Um, imagine that growing up near the Lake District. Oh, that is the stuff of dreams. Um, yeah, anyway, um, 
I'm off to meet uh, Joey now on the Thurrock Bridge, and we're going to have a little swim up the Thames. And uh, so, yeah, if you see us, um, give us a wave. Um, right. I'm back next time. In the meantime, go check out the back catalogue. Um, subscribe. Give us a follow on the socials. Like, love, share, retweet. You know what to do. And if you want to support the podcast even more, then please have a little look uh, over on the Patreon. Everything I've just said about you can find at your one-stop shop, offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. I'm back next time. In the meantime, be nice to each other. Bye-bye. <laughs>